chapter 33. Please turn with me there. Exodus chapter 33, verse 1. Hear now the inerrant, infallible, and inspired word of God. And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart, and go up hence, thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt, unto the land which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed will I give it. And I will send an angel before thee, and I will drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, the Hittite, and the Hittite, and the Perizzite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. For I will not go up in the midst of thee, for thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. And when the people heard these evil tidings, they mourned, and no man did put on him his ornaments. For the Lord had said unto Moses, Say unto the children of Israel, Ye are a stiff-necked people, I will come up into the midst of thee in a moment and consume thee. Wherefore now, or therefore now, put off thy ornaments from thee, that I may know what to do unto thee. And the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments by the Mount Horeb. And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp, afar from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that every one which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. And it came to pass when Moses went out unto the tabernacle, that all the people rose up and stood, every man at his tent door, and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man departed not out of the tabernacle. And Moses said unto the Lord, See thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way that I may know thee, that I, may find grace, that, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. 
And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in the cliff of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by, and I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most holy word. Well, this, is, this chapter is all about how the Lord dwelt among his people in the various ways he did that in these days immediately after the giving of the law at Sinai and so on. The covenant that God had made with them, the 40 days Moses was up in the mountain receiving all the information pertaining to the tabernacle, the priesthood, and the holidays and so on. He comes back down, remember they're dancing in front of a golden calf, right? And, and that was the last chapter. Now here in chapter 33, the Lord tells Moses, I want you to go and tell these people, they're a stiff-necked people. Not very seeker-friendly of the Lord to tell the people of God that they're a stiff-necked people. But it was exactly what they needed to hear. Beloved, let's remember that sometimes what exactly we need to hear is not exactly what we want to hear. And yet, here we, here we are. And so, Moses goes in among the people and he tells them exactly what God had told them. You're a stiff-necked people. Take off your ornaments. This is not a time for celebration. This is a time for mourning. You've just had the golden calf uh, ground to powder, strewn on the water. You've had to drink that water down so that you could see it when it came out. You're a stiff-necked people. Take off your ornaments. It's not time for celebrating. It's time for mourning. And so they did. Beloved, there are times for mourning. There are times for the recognition of our sins confession to the Lord and notice the Lord did not completely withdraw his presence from them he didn't abandon them he didn't leave them in the wilderness he didn't tell them y'all go back to Egypt and I'll do something else no he's still there he's still going to lead them he's still going to forgive them but he's going to do that in such a way that will draw that what we call a church under age toward himself there is a greater severity there because of the greater immaturity of those people just like we're more severe with our children when they're little so that they might grow up without that severity and beloved i'm i'm sure that if you if you thought about it long enough you'd agree with me that if we're loose early on with our children we will have to be much more severe when they're much more set in their difficulties we start early well the lord treats with his church under age like that here as well so the lord says i'm not going to put my my tabernacle right in the middle of you if i put my tabernacle right in the middle of you i know what will happen the lord says you're going to do something maybe come to get us to try to sneak a peek at me or to enter into that tabernacle when you shouldn't or some other kind of thing that would be too familiar between us and i have to destroy you So my tabernacle will be outside the camp. You'll be able to see it. I'm still here with you. I'm not abandoning you. 
I'm going to call Moses to me. And did you notice that every time Moses went to the tabernacle, that everybody got up out of their tents and they watched him as he went. Look at Moses. You know what he's going to do? He's going to go talk to God face to face. That's what Moses is going to do. And then he's going to come back and he's going to tell us what God said. What a wonderful thing that as God has revealed to himself from the top, uh, revealed uh, us, revealed himself to us, excuse me, uh, from the top of Sinai in in a fearful kind of way, that we have someone to go and meet with him and then bring back to us his words. That's a gracious thing that God, that God did for them in that day. Notice it's called the tent of, of the congregation, or the tabernacle of the congregation. Literally, Ohel Moed, or the tent of the meeting place. They met there. That's where God met with them. He gave them a visible sign of his presence. Now, we know God is everywhere. We know that. But God gave them, he condescended to them in such a way to comfort them, to know that there was a place where he would meet with them. And so not only Moses went there, but whenever an Israelite had a sacrifice to bring or any other way of communing with God, he left his tent and came to God's tent. And there God met with him too. Not in the same way, however, that he met with Moses. And Numbers chapter 12 is going to teach us something very important about that. Remember also that Moses, for all of his part, meeting with God face to face like that, he did not become prideful in any of that. We call Moses in Numbers 12 the meekest man upon the face of the earth. That is, God calls him that. That he was not inflamed in pride meeting with the Lord face to face like a man speaks with his friend. But Moses brought that word back from God, and we'll see that in the next chapter, that his face was glowing with the radiance of the glory of God as he came back to speak with the people. All right, well, you would think then for a man like Moses, that would be enough, right? I mean, he's so far ahead of every other person in his age. He's been on the mountain with God for 40 days. He's received the tables from, the, from God, written with the finger of God. Uh, Here now, there's a regular practice that Moses goes in and beholds God face to face and God speaks with him like a man speaks to his friend. And yet, you know what Moses says? I haven't yet had enough. Oh Lord, two things. The first is, please guarantee to us, promise us, help us with this. You've told us we're a stiff-necked people. Please, Lord, do not withdraw your presence from us. If you go not up with us into that land of promise, we don't want to go. If you're not there, it's not a land of promise to us. If you're not there, it's not worth going there. Lord, unless you're there, right? And so the Lord says, I will do this thing. I will do this thing that thou hast said. I will go with you. My presence shall go before you. I will give you my angel, right? The angel of the covenant, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will lead you into the land of promise. Paul will tell us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that Christ was among the people, even in the Old Testament. And then the second thing that Moses asked for is, show me thy glory. I haven't had enough yet, Lord. Isn't it kind of that way? Don't we see that? Isn't there this repulsive, Attractive, uh, attractive thing that happens when people behold God in the Old Testament. The first thing that is, I think I'm going to die, right? It's not this 
familiar kind of thing that we normally hear about, you know, that God is somebody's friend, buddy, or even in some songs we hear him, it's almost like he's a boyfriend or something like that. It's weird. It's weird. No, here we have this proper reverence, and yet, notice there's a reverence that draws us in. The beauty, the holiness, the majesty of the Lord is at once to us fearful and drawing to us at the same time. Because there's nobody like him. There's nothing like that in the world. And so Moses will say, show me thy glory. What does God say to Moses? He says, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. Now, here's what I want to disabuse you of. This is not a passage where God comes down in a bodily form and, he, and we're talking literally about a hand here. And he puts Moses in, a, in, in the cleft of a rock and he covers his eyes with his hand. We're not doing that here. That's not what the passage is about. The Lord doesn't say, I'll pass by. You, you're not going to see my face, but you can see my backside. That's not what's being said here. Literally what the Hebrew means is, I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. I'll cause my glory to pass by you. I'll cover you with my hand. That's metaphorical language. So that you're not destroyed, in other words. And then you'll see what's left after I've passed by. That's the behind parts that are being spoken of here. There's not, a, there's not literally a bodily form. And in the next chapter, when this actually takes place, we're going to hear that what, what the Lord actually does is he proclaims his name. It's not a bodily presence that Moses is after here. No, we're going to hear... The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness and truth. That's what we're going to hear. Because that's who God is. Remember, God is a spirit. He doesn't have a body like men. Every now and then, in Scripture, He takes the form to, uh, to present Himself, especially in the Old Testament, to present Himself to the people of God. Right? We, we heard in Genesis 18 that that was Jesus Christ himself that met with Abraham on the plains of Mamre. Right? And then when the fullness of time was come, God set forth his son made of a woman, made under the law. And so God, the second person of the Trinity, the Lord Jesus Christ, became human forever. And he continues to be God and man in two entire distinct natures and one person forever. That's the body that God has. And so when we think of God, we don't want to think of him as having a body. The body that Jesus has today, that glorified human body, that's not essential to who he is. What is essential to God is the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness and truth, keeping uh, loving kindness for thousands and will by no means clear the guilty, and so on. It's who God is. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Notice, in truth, who he actually is, how he reveals himself. Not that we should, as Calvin says, make up idols in our minds, right? And he's just, he's just interpreting and drawing out of Romans 1 there, isn't he? That's what men do. That's what we do. We don't like the God who is naturally speaking, in our rebellion against God, so we make up one we like, right? That's more akin to what we want. You know, the Greeks and the, and the Romans, they had a pantheon of gods. Why? 
Well, because they wanted a God after their own liking instead. They made them up. But the God that is has revealed himself in his word. So, uh, Moses has not had enough of this relationship with God. Even though it's, it outstrips everyone else in the world at that, at that time. It outstrips all of them. And he in that is a type of Christ. And we'll see that later on. And yet Moses says, show me thy glory. And notice what the answer is. The answer is, I will give you all you can receive. Beloved, to all that ask the Lord, show me thy glory. You will receive the same answer. The Lord says to you, I will give you all you can receive. And there is a point coming in your future, beloved, those of you who trust Christ, where the Lord will advance your human estate to its highest possible order to take in as much of God as can be had by creatures. Think of that. And that is something that will continue to unfold eon after eon after eon for all eternity. Thus ends the reading then of Exodus chapter 33.